Hello, enthusiasts, and welcome back to Wine and the Bottle, the podcast for wine nerds of all levels. I'm your Wine and Spirit Education Trust Level 3 Certified Host, Sarah, and today we are visiting Spain through the magic of its wines. Spain has the largest plantings of vineyards in the world, with over 2.9 million acres of vines. France comes in second with around 2 million acres, and Italy is third with 1.73 million. The United States, while being a behemoth country, only has about 1.1 million acres of vines. Spanish wine exports consist of nearly two-thirds of their total production volume. The EU and the United States are the two largest buyers. And while Tempranillo rules the land, there are many grape varieties to celebrate. Albariño and Irene dominate the white wine world. Much like in Portugal, Albariño is mostly grown on the northwest coast, benefiting from the Atlantic sea breeze. These white wines are crisp and citrusy and peachy, and it's long been thought that the Atlantic air deposits a hint of salinity that you can still taste in the final wine. Irene, on the other hand, is somewhat more tropical and less zippy. It is usually used in blends, but is also significantly used in the production of brandy. Tempranillo is the most widely associated grape with Spanish red wine. If you see Rioja on a wine bottle, you can say with a good deal of certainty that there is Tempranillo in that bottle. It can withstand long periods of oak aging, which made it a traditionally popular blending grape, and it gives longevity to just about any blend. Most often, Tempranillo is blended with the softer and more delicate Garnacha, also known as Grenache, to make a wine with jammy red fruit flavors, medium to high acidity, and medium body. Garnacha on its own has concentrated red fruit and herby characteristics and has the potential for high sugar development on the vine, which results in a high alcohol wine. Next is Monastrel, aka Morvedra. This grape produces a somewhat high tannin and full-bodied red, often with notes of dark berries, charred meat, cocoa, and tobacco leaf. It's usually oak-aged and can last forever. Depending on the winemaking style, it can be cellared for easily a decade or more. The last grape variety I want to mention is Bobal, a Spanish specialist variety. It's actually the second most planted grape variety in all of Spain. Bobal has bright black fruit, licorice, and tea leaf characteristics, medium body and tannins, and medium to high acidity. In other words, it's a fantastic daily drinker that will pair well with everything. But it is hard to find outside of Spain. Now, we can't talk about Spain without briefly mentioning sherry. This almondy and herby fortified white wine, often consumed as an aperitif and favored, particularly by William Shakespeare, is named after the region in which it is produced, Jerez, Spain, or to daft old English explorers, sherry. All sherry starts as dry white wine and is produced in a couple of styles. Fino is dry and bready, 
produced by allowing a thick film of yeast to grow on top of the white wine while it matures. This is called floor. It is the lightest color of all the sherries. There is also Oloroso sherry, the darkest of the sherries. While it is still white wine, the color is a rich, ruddy brown, which develops during the oxidation process. Airspace is left in the barrel, in the vein of Fino sherry, but by fortifying the base wine to above 17%, floor cannot grow during maturation. This allows the wine to come in contact with air and develop nutty, butterscotch, and dried fruit characteristics. It is also a sweet style. All styles of sherry are matured in a tiered, multi-barrel system called a solera. And I could probably do an entire episode on sherry, so for today, I will leave it there. Back to dry wine. Traditionally, Spanish wine was a blend of local varieties matured for a considerable amount of time in American oak, lending a potent oaky quality specifically coconut, cinnamon, and dill, that has somewhat fallen out of favor. White Rioja is an oak-matured white blend that has a distinct and complex style, very unlike other old-world white wines. However, producers noticed the decline in popularity of the aged oaky style and started to change their philosophies. Many of the wines coming out of Spain today are seemingly more New World, meaning that you are more likely to see single varietal wine with more fruit character and less obvious or better integrated oak characteristics. International varieties like Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot are making their way into blends more often as well, and producers are starting to use more innovative, research-driven methods rather than solely relying on old traditions. Both of the wines that I've chosen to try today happen to be in the New World style. So let's get into tasting. So the example of Spanish wine that I have today is called Bajel Pirata from Alicante, Spain, and that means pirate ship in Spanish. And it's a 2020 vintage single varietal Monastrel, which is Morvedra. In the glass, it is a pale ruby color. I can read print through the deepest core of the glass. And the first thing that I smell is milk chocolate strawberries. There's something dusty about it, plus some tobacco smoke. So it really opens up after a good swirl. And you start to get some of that characteristic charred meat out of the Monastrel. It's a little chilly in my house, so I think I'm serving it too cold. Medium acidity and high tannins. They're present, but not super grippy. So I can feel the tannins on my tongue. I can feel the tannins on my cheeks and on my gums, but it's light. It's just there to give structure, not to rip your face off. Most prevalent flavor on the palate is charred wood, a little bit of gaminess, and red plum, strawberry and red plum. The fruit is still very much there. This is pretty much all primary fruit. I just got something herby, like tarragon. (laughs) Almost sweet. Marjoram, maybe? Definitely herby, though. This is a really good standalone wine. For being a 2020, it's still pretty young. As of the time of recording this, it is February of 2022. 
I think that this would age very well. It's not terribly complex, the red fruit and a little bit of herb, but it's a solid table wine. It holds up. This is in fact an unoaked expression of Monastrel. So all of that smoky charred characteristic is coming from the grape itself. Of all the vineyard plantings in Alicante, Spain, 75% of them are Monastrel. So you'll find several different examples of Monastrel from this region. There's also a local specialty called Fondillon. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but Fondillon is made from Monastrel that has been allowed to overripen. The resulting wine is sweet and usually fortified and allowed to oxidize. This develops unique caramel butterscotch raisiny characteristics. Our second example is a Bodega Tandem Ars In Vitro Red Blend. It's mostly Tempranillo with a hint of Merlot, I think 15%, and it comes from Navarra, Spain. It's a 2018 vintage, so it is a little bit older, but keeping with the theme, this wine is also made in a slightly more new world method. No oak in sight. Aged 24 months in concrete to preserve the varietal characteristics. Bodega Tandem has a really interesting story. It was founded in 2003 by a group of friends who were all winemakers, very much with new world styles in mind. They do everything minimal intervention. No oak, no cold stabilization. Everything in the winery is gravity fed. So the grapes are brought in on the top level and processed through the winery via gravity systems. The grapes for the Ars in vitro are sourced from a, the cooler climate Valle de Ieri in Navarra. So I am expecting higher acidity. We're looking at a deeper ruby color than the previous wine. Consistent coloration all the way through the rim. First impressions are cranberry, cherry, raspberry, mushroom, blueberry, earth, wet leaves, tertiary. So I get bright primary red fruit and tertiary earthy notes and a little bit at the end of the nose, underneath all of the layers, just a hint of crushed violet. That has some strong tannins. Chalky, astringent, much more floral on the palate for me. I usually get the floral on the palate more than the nose. I still get the red fruit on the palate, um, full body, high acidity as predicted. Not for the faint of heart. It does have a little bit of a bitter cranberry finish, like unsweetened cranberry juice. I get a little bit of herbiness on this one too, specifically thyme. But this is not a wine that I would recommend as a standalone wine. This is one that you would want to consume with food. Personally, this would go really well with a nice cheesy risotto. I do think that this could age and mellow out a little bit in a couple of years. 
It's a 2018 and it is currently 2022. I would give it at least two, three more years and see what happens. The flavors don't necessarily wow me. They're not highly concentrated and the tannins are just too grippy and astringent. It's drinkable. Well, there you have it, enthusiasts. Thank you for joining me on this overview of Spanish wine. Don't forget to subscribe if you'd like to hear more stories about the vast world of wine. And let me know in the comments if you have a favorite from Spain. Until we share our next glass, cheers!